all the folkloric characters that we have, the Laja Bless, the Sukuyal, Papa Boa, Mama Delo, these are um, people that like we talk about them to have spooky stories at night, you know, when you go in, tell children these stories and that's just the oral tradition that's kind of passed down. Well, we should be talking about spoilers on it. Or... Oh yeah, do we say spoilers? Short Drop, the spoiler episode. Hello and welcome to View to the U, an eye on the UTM academic community. I'm Carla DeMarco at U of T, Mississauga. View to the U is a monthly podcast that will feature UTM faculty members and students from a range of disciplines who will illuminate some of the inner workings of UTM science labs, enlighten the social sciences and humanities hubs on campus, and put a spotlight on our academic community at large. This is, once again, a View to the U first, in that it's a part two continuation, and I have the pleasure of another episode with guests Mary Rebecca Reyes and her brother Romario, and this is a bit of a spoiler episode. It is audio that I had from my chat with them from back in September 2023, but I didn't want to include this part of the interview since it contains some spoilers on their film, Short Drop. So, if you don't want the plot of the film ruined for you, please stop listening now and go and watch the film ASAP. It is available through Liquid Matter Studios' YouTube channel, and you just need to look up Short Drop, a film by Romario Reyes and Liquid Matter Studio in your search engine. I also linked to it in the previous two articles I wrote. One is called Family, Filmmaking, and Folklore, and the other is Short Drop Screening Leads to Long-Lasting Contemplation and Admiration. And just in time for Halloween here at the end of October, I'm happy to present this, a very short bonus episode where Romario and Mary Rebecca talk a bit more about La Jablesse. This is totally related to the spoiler part. She's a character, a kind of she-devil in Short Drop, but they also divulge some technical and creative insights that make that final shot so iconic. Isukuya, it more works with a new realm of when... Trinidad didn't necessarily have lights. Electricity. Uh, it, it didn't have electricity. It didn't have lampposts. Because Isukuya is an old lady that sheds her skin at night and puts her skin in a jar. And then she turns into a ball of fire and she goes and she sucks blood from people. So she's our version, basically, of a vampire. And mm-hmm. her thing is that she has to come back before the sun rises to get back into her skin. And one of the ways to destroy her is to put salt, find the jar with her skin and put salt on it. You know, so that's one of the stories where Ajamar was saying she wouldn't function in the vein of like street lamps. I mentioned just how grateful I was to even come across this story and see this short film because I didn't know anything about this particular piece of folklore. And I'm so intrigued by what you mentioned of the character of La Jablesse and Sukuyan, which I think the character in your film is a little bit of a combination of the two of those characters. Am I getting that right? No, this one is strictly the La Jablesse. I saw something I really liked. It said, to break the spell of La Jablesse, one must turn their clothing inside out and walk home backwards away from the area where she was spotted. I love stories like this. Yeah. Right. So with her, what I did in the story was that how it begins is that she was coming back from a party. And the thing about it is like, what they typically say is that she goes after men and it's kind of like men that are unfaithful to their wives or men that lust after her. Typically, what she does with those guys is that she would lead them astray. Lead them to their death. Yeah, she would lead them to their death. And again, because it is a particular 
date that it is told, they never necessarily say that she kills them, you know, with, with her hands or, you know, some kind of like, I don't know, she suck out their soul. It has always been to the effect of she walks them down a path and then they fall off a cliff or even a wild boar would run them over. So even the end result of how he dies, mm-hmm. it is still us kind of putting our spin that, okay, it's not necessarily that she pushes him or, you know, or it's the scenario where like she breaks his neck. Is a matter that he's so fearful that you know a car runs over him. How did you do that last shot? <laughs> I watched it like a few times, and it looks like he's really getting hit by the car. <laughs> this is credit to my cousin Israel Silver. He is our editor and cinematographer. And cinematographer. He, Special effects. Yeah, he did all posters. <laughs> but how we did that was um okay. So the shot is a still shot basically. So the camera stays locked down in one position and is yeah. basically three different shots that we do so there's one shot that we will do where the camera just picks up basically just the background alone right there's no car and the taxi driver doesn't run out then there's another shot that we do where again the camera is still locked down in the same exact position we don't move the camera at all so the taxi driver comes out of the car and he runs out and then he acts in emotion as if he's getting hit so all he does is basically, he does the impact part of it. And that is credit to Stefan Orego, who is our actor. Yeah. And he's great in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All he does is the hunched down position, not the position of he flying, you know, off the screen kind of thing. Now. So all he does is he reacts like if he's getting the impact, like a hit in his belly. And yeah. then the third shot is basically this car driving as fast as possible. So from there, Israel basically maps the three shots together. And then Israel puts in the VFX. So he puts in the VFX of blood. He puts in the VFX of glass shattering. And also too, I think he could do this effect where he makes the body seem as if it's even pushing a bit further than it actually did. Like I say, I did watch it a couple of times and I kind of tried to pause <laughs> to see. <Yeah. laughs> but it was really well done. Yeah, thank you. And, and to with what you were saying, like if it was asking somebody larger less and stuff, how I was kind of thinking about it was that she would more go after a pursuer that has ill intent like to me how i was writing it was like she would prefer it that way now so if it is that the person had ill intent by all means it is a worthy kill to her and how i did it was that it was to the effect that okay because she realized that he isn't that type of person he isn't you know the type of guy that that preys on weak women or anything like that she was actually willing to leave him alone so that's why in the film, she was actually going to leave the car. But what makes her stop from leaving the car is the fact that he knows who she is now. He because, touches her leg. Yeah, because he touches her leg. And mm-hmm. that is why he freezes up because now he's actually, he's experiencing a traumatic experience. And he sounds that like, it's something spiritual. It's something that cosmic that like is within close proximity to him. So it basically mentally shatters him. So that's why like he's almost to the point where like he's frozen. And to me too, like, that's the next thing too in, in horror is that I think it's like a cliche that people say that like, you know, whenever you're in a situation, like, you know, they see Jason X or they see, you know, Freddy or something like that, they'd be like, okay, why it is the person doesn't run? And um, my whole thing is that like, no, if it's your inner supernatural experience, that is kind of shattering and it mentally shatters you. I don't think that your natural response is to actually run. I think your natural response might be to the point of you're frozen. And that's kind of what I wanted to depict with him that like it was in a vegetable state that he was in because mm-hmm. the first thing that he does is that like he turns to touch a leg 
But when he touches her leg, he feels like full. There's a comfort that he touches. So that's why for her, it was like, yeah, she was actually going to leave him in the story. But now that the, the jig was up kind of thing, it was just like, okay, well, I kind of have to see it through at this point. And that's kind of how I, I played out the scene with her. And I find that this is what I love about it is because it's a gray area throughout. Because my whole thing is, it is a very like Trini trope for a Trinbegonian man to just be like too touchy-feely. But it's oh. like, why are you touching my leg? Like, if you touch my leg, then maybe you should die. <laughs> like, it just comes from that conversation of like, he's a good guy, but is he a good guy? Like, what is yeah. he doing, you know? Well, and he's being very judgmental because when she gets into the cab and he's saying to her, like, I don't see a man around and exactly. she says, I just like to party by myself. But you can tell he's not happy with that response. But it's like, why does he care? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's like insinuating too much. Mm. Yeah. I really loved this film. I loved having this chance to speak with you and find out more about your process. We gave you so much work to edit. Like, I don't know how you're going to put this in <laughs> Yeah, I've got my work cut out for me. But like I say, I'm going to aim for October. But I'm going to be happy to revisit this conversation. So I, I am grateful for your time. Yeah. Thank you for this opportunity. Like, it really does mean a lot. I really could not have imagined the overwhelming support that I've been given by the community. And I really, really appreciate the time that you're taking to do this. It just really motivates us because, as Ramari said, like, we have a lot of limitations, I guess. And right now, we're just, we are, like, pushing forward and forging this path that is basically very uncharted. Because just in general, the film industry in, in Trinidad and Tobago is very nascent but just the fact that we have the outpouring support from like all ends anywhere that we go and the, the love that we receive and that it's not coming from just family it's not coming from like this bias like place like people actually you know genuinely appreciate the film and want to continue supporting us and we just want to pay it forward and just like continue being able to produce art. I think that's a really good note to end on because I hope if anything, you know, people will seek out this film, but also just be inspired to create. Thank you so much. Thank you. And everybody could connect with us on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone for listening to this bonus episode. I would especially like to thank my guests, Mary Rebecca and her brother, Romario Reyes, for chatting with me. We spoke for well over an hour on that warm September day. And they agreed to let me produce this second episode with the spoilers. It was a thrill for me on many levels. As Mary Rebecca mentioned, I am including all of their social media handles in the show notes, and it includes Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So if you want to reach out to this dynamic duo or Liquid Matter Studios, please do connect. Lastly, and as always, thank you to Timmy Terrified for his tracks, tunes, support, and everything. Thank you. Thank you.